Hello, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing, friend? I'm very good. So today we're going to talk about something very near and dear to your heart um, and of a concern yeah. to me as well. And it's about maternal health and reproductive yep. justice rights, specifically for black women. So before yep. we get started, we're friends, right? But yes, folks on the podcast yes. might not know who you are. And so tell them who you are, give your name and um, your organization you started. Yeah, I mean, so right now I'm just a girl on the beach, so, <laughs> as we see. you know, bear with me. But, no, um, my name is Danielle Atkinson. I'm the founding director of an organization called Mothering Justice. We work on issues of financial stability for mothers of color and leadership development. So, in a nutshell, we are building the table, bringing the women to the table, and then kicking out the people who have been sitting there too long. I love it. I love that so much um, because it's much needed. And if you all can't see this, I have a sweatshirt on today and it says Detroit because we are representing the D um, more importantly Michigan but we know that uh, Michigan um, Detroit is the southeast part of Michigan where the the bulk of the people are in the state um, and so that's where a lot of the focus is and that's where all of the black people are not all of them but a good portion of black folks um, live in Detroit the blackest city in the nation uh, we have other cities across the state uh, Benton Harbor uh, Saginaw Flint um, Battle Creek, um, Muskegon, um, some other hubs where black folks are, so we don't want to leave them out. Uh, but Detroit has the most black folks in the state. So we're going to get into it. Um, I want to talk to you, Danielle, about some of the things that are happening in Michigan and also some of the things nationally. I'm going to rewind a little bit and take us back to 2017. In 2017, there was a Ph.D. by the name of Shalon Irving. And she worked for the CDC. And part of her work was to um, deal with the disparities in health and black women, as well as in maternal health. She died giving birth. And so folks got in an uproar because this is what she gave her life to, literally. Um, but her work was about health and equity for black women. And here she is dying, doing the same thing. And so folks said, hey, if this happened to her and she's a PhD working at the CDC, what's going to happen for folks in the Benton Harbors, the Muskegons and the Detroit who look like us because this was a black woman? And so, Danielle, what what do you say about this in terms of the health disparities and what's happening? I mean, I think we all know as black women, you are you don't want to go to the hospital. You are just praying that you can figure it out for yourself because you know the minute you step into the hospital you are taking a chance on dealing with somebody who has not dealt with their implicit or explicit racism and what does that impact have on you and your health care and, and the delivery and you know the statistics show that women with a higher education level do uh, do less well than white women without an edu without the same um, education level because it's racism, mm -hmm. right? The CDC has told us that racism is um, is a major component to the health outcomes of Black women, and then you put on top of that being in the most vulnerable stage in your life, uh, a time in your life that has um that is not um seen as important or valuable or the the risk to your health and life as it is 
you put that on top of that and you have a dangerous situation um, for women, uh, especially black women. So yes, that that is not, you know, saddens me is not surprising at all, lines up with the experience, my own experience mm -hmm. um, uh, when I was giving birth, the experience of taking care of an aging black woman um, and even members of Congress. You know, we saw uh, Representative Cori Bush um, do a, a testify mm -hmm. about um, when she was uh, giving birth and having to scream, having her sister have mm -hmm. to scream to get the attention of doctors when she felt like she was dying. Mm -hmm. um, so unfortunately, that is where we are. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what Mothering Justice is about. You know, that's why we're here today. It's it, we have to save ourselves. We have to save our sisters. Mm -hmm. Very much true. Now, tell me, and I'm going to bring this together. Um, we talk about the midterms, we talk about black women, we talk about maternal health, we talk about reproductive rights. And so we have an issue with health equity for black women. And when we talk about the overturning of Roe versus Wade, and we have our, you know, white counterparts protesting and upset, but what's the impact for black women as it relates to Roe versus Wade? Yeah, and I'm just gonna acknowledge this, the background sound. Apparently they are building the hotel as we speak, so I apologize <laughs> for that. Um, you know, it, you know, I, I continue to have people ask me, were you surprised, were you surprised? And I was like, why would why would a black woman in America with, with a level of consciousness be surprised? Mm -hmm. we, have, we have never had bodily autonomy. Um, so to have it reversed is not a surprise. Mm -hmm. It's a surprise to, to women who have had somewhat of an illusion around their bodily autonomy. Um, and what it means to us is further putting our lives at risk for someone else's political agenda, right? Mm -hmm. And we know, we know it is solely a political agenda because if you follow the argument to its logical conclusion, it doesn't make sense. Because mm -hmm. if you're talking about saving a life, first of all, black women are in a, in, a, in a particularly vulnerable state where we die at three times the rate of our white counterparts. So we are literally putting our life on the line. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you talk about the larger uh, the larger definition of life, mm -hmm. you know, most of the people who um, are seeking abortions already have children. Mm -hmm. So they're making a decision about what they can afford, what they can handle emotionally and financially. And you're saying, no, that doesn't matter. That life doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. And then when you're talking about the mere physicality of it and, and, and let's talk about saving lives let's talk about the bodily autonomy that we that we extend to other people extend to dead bodies right you cannot you cannot have your organs harvested alive or dead a low risk procedure or a high risk procedure without your permission. No one can come and say, hey, Danielle Atkinson, uh, right. we're, we're, we're short O2 blood. It's time you need to show up at the hospital mm -hmm. at so-and-so time. No. Or Danielle Atkinson has passed. There's somebody who will die if they do not receive a liver. Let's harvest it from her. No, not without my express consent or the, or the consent of my loved ones. Mm -hmm. So it, it, you're following it to the logical conclusion. It, it it's not the math ain't the math ain't math, the math, ain't math ain't, right? Absolutely. So we know that it is a political. It's a solely political agenda, mm -hmm. and our bodies, our lives, physical, emotional, financial, are 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 being pawn are being made pawns in the system. Absolutely. So let's bring it. Uh, make it more parochial for Michigan. 
What's at stake in Michigan? There's so much, right? So we have two cities that are um, are higher than average on mater- maternal mortality, mm-hmm. both Detroit and Flint. Mm-hmm. Um, we have extremely low breastfeeding rates. Um, we have um, high infant mortality rates. We're also a border city. Mm-hmm. So, so not only are we putting the lives and safety of, of women at risk in the state of Michigan, um, we are overburdening, uh, overburdening a, a foster care and adoption system. Mm-hmm. So there are children right now who are living, mm-hmm. you know, who have a name, mm-hmm. um, who, whose lives matter less and who are their livelihood and their prosperity is at more at risk because the system that they rely on to ensure they have a family is being overburdened. Mm -hmm. And then like coming back to the fact that we're a border state, we are going to have, you know, um, and for those who don't know, what's border state mean? Yeah. So we, you know, Detroit borders Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, it's a quick two minute uh, tunnel ride or 10 minute uh, bridge ride, depending on traffic, to get out of the country uh, to a country that has welcomed uh, women um, and people with uteruses who are seeking abortion services to that country. Mm-hmm. So we're saying that there's going to be an influx of people coming from conservative states looking to get to Canada for abortion. Um, and Michigan, mm-hmm. and so that you're over, you're again overloading the healthcare system um, in in our state, um, and then also I don't know what this would mean for for border security and ICE and um, and and um, law enforcement, mm-hmm. right? So you're even more police, you're, you're policing people who have been over policed. It's there's so many different intersecting factors mm-hmm. that not only were not considered, um, were seen as 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 um, as inconse- inconsequential, inconsequential to the larger political fight. So let's talk about the proposal, the prop that's on the ballot here in Michigan, Prop Three. Yep, Prop 3. So Prop 3 would essentially um, uh, make abortion services legal uh, in the state of Michigan. It would reverse what the Supreme Court did. It would protect uh, uh, birthing people and mm-hmm. uh, people with uteruses and women in our state to make choices for themselves mm-hmm. with whoever they feel can guide them the best mm-hmm. in that decision-making process. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's so important, right? Like it's, 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 you know, as somebody who doesn't plan on having kids anymore, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's important that I, that we don't go down this slippery slope, mm-hmm. that I'm able to make the decisions about every aspect of my body, mm-hmm. which in turn is my life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that I don't have to worry about, uh, well, will this prosecutor uh, uh, prosecute me because I'm in this county because it's also their discretion. There's so much. Oh my gosh. So I just found this out while we were doing all this. It's up to the prosecutors uh, in the county's hmm. discretion on whether or not they would prosecute a provider. Oh, wow. um, and um, and so we, we've had we've had um, some prosecutors attempt to do that mm-hmm. when um, when the Supreme Court decision came down. 
uh, and you know, uh, adultery mm. is still on the books here in Michigan. It's illegal to have an affair. Are they for that? Because I haven't what? seen not I can one. Send the police not to one. Mini a door. Mini a door. <laughs> right? I got a list. Okay, <laughs> but they're not trying to do that. Right. So we have we have the discretion of people who don't have uteruses, um, who who have no vested interest. But again, political and. Yes ideological and I won't even say moral because I would say that there is no morality mm -hmm. that dictates you make decisions for someone else's body. So it's interesting because now you, you know, when you talk about the politics of it all, so you talk about prosecutors have the autonomy, if you will, to make the choice about who they prosecute. So that would be a ringing thing in my head, like, huh, we have to pay attention to who the prosecutors are in our counties, right? And how they'll make these yes. decisions. So that's something for folks to think about. But let me go back a little bit in terms of Prop 3. So yeah, you talked a little bit about why Prop 3 is important. And so yeah. do you want to talk a little bit about the confusion in terms of how folks should vote on their ballot? Yeah. So you should vote yes. Okay. So let yeah, let's discuss the ballot, mm -hmm. right? So we have straight party voting in this state, in the state of Michigan. So you will see at the top of your ticket, um, you can either vote straight Democrat or straight Republican if you choose to do so. Mm -hmm. um, when you do that, let's say you vote straight Republican. Mm -hmm. What that doesn't include is the judicial uh, nominees and it doesn't include the proposals. Mm -hmm. So you have not yet voted on those things. Mm -hmm. So you have to, in most cases, turn over your ballot right. and you'll th you'll see three statewide proposals. Depending on where, where you live, mm -hmm. you'll also see uh, some other proposals that were put on your ballot by uh, your local um, your local municipality. Mm -hmm. um, and you should educate yourself around those too. So just don't be surprised. There will be questions with a lot of language, yes. a lot of wording, um, and, you, and you're gonna wanna read those blurbs. Mm -hmm. Don't, do not pay attention to who's behind you. Do not think time. about, take your time, okay? And if you're really concerned, you can vote early mm -hmm. at your clerk's office. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get a ballot mailed to you mm -hmm. so that you can, in the comfort of your own home. The last election, that was the first time I did that, mm -hmm. which was so great because there was actually a proposal, a local uh, a millage that I had not familiarized myself mm -hmm. with. So I was able to just take put it time. aside, do a little Google search. But if you don't have that time and you're and you're voting on election day, take the time, find the proposals, make sure you fill it out, um, and then you know be on your way. Get your sticker, get get going. But um, you know I, I would say the average time is like ten minutes mm -hmm. to vote. Mm -hmm. So I know it might feel like a long time. It might you might be feeling the pressure, but it's really important that you take that time. Um, so I. So, sorry, I got a little distracted nope. there, but I think it's really important. No, that's good. But yeah, so there are three statewide proposals, and this is the third. Prop three. So we're looking for prop three as it relates to yeah. body autonomy and reproductive rights and reproductive health. Um, and so I wanted to make yeah. sure that we emphasize that. We will share at the end of, as we do on every in the end of every podcast, we will share information and resources about voting as well as um, places where you can um, deal with uh, reproductive health. Um, so we'll be doing that at the end of every podcast. So thank you for that intro to that, Danielle, because that's very helpful and it's very important that people know what's happening in Michigan and what's going to be on the ballot. Um, 
Well, I thank you for your time. This has been great. I see you're getting some sun on that lovely so melanated fun. skin of yours. So yes. you enjoy, get your sun, get your rest, get all the good things that you deserve. And we will see you again soon on the campaign trail yep. in these streets. Yup, we got a few more days. We got to do this. Elections don't win themselves. Do thank you so much, Nicole. You're welcome. Take care. Be well. Bye-bye. Key dates for November 8th election in Michigan. September 29th, which, which has already passed, is uh, clerks will be mailing out absentee voter ballots by September the 29th um, and voting early in person by absentee ballot begins at your city or township clerk's office. So since that date has already passed, you should be able to vote absentee at your clerk's office and request that ballot. October the 24th is the last day to register to vote online. You can register to vote online, but October the 24th is the last day to do that. October 24th is when you can return your absentee ballot by mail to avoid potential for mailing delays. November the 4th, last day to request an absentee ballot online or by mail by 5 p.m. To avoid mailing delays, it is strongly recommended to request an absentee ballot no later than Monday, October the 17th. November 7th, vote early by absentee ballot at your city or township clerk's office through 4 p.m. The day, the election day, November the 8th, register to vote in person at your city or township clerk's office until 8 p.m. Eligible residents must provide official proof of residency if registering to vote between October 9th and November the 8th. November the 8th, return absentee ballot to your designated Dropbox or local clerk's office by hand by 8 p.m. All voters registered in Michigan are eligible to vote absentee. They can apply online at michigan.gov forward slash vote or print an application from the site and mail, email or hand deliver it to your local clerk. Voters can find their local clerk's office information at michigan.gov forward slash vote. So as we promised, we would provide resources and services for um, reproductive health and maternal health services across the state of Michigan. And uh, I know that folks are in very different places. So I'm gonna give you some spots across the state um, where I know there are a lot of black and brown folks. Um, there's a Planned Parenthood in Jackson Jackson, Michigan, um, and that's Jackson Health Center. You can Google that. But again, that's Planned Parenthood at the Jackson Health Center in Jackson, Michigan. There's Scottsdale Women's Center in Detroit. Again, you can Google that, Scottsdale Women's Center in Detroit. And then there's Heritage Clinic for Women in Grand Rapids. That's the west side of the state. Again, that's Heritage Clinic for Women in Grand Rapids. You can Google that. And then we have Women's Center of Flint and Saginaw for those who live in that area. All of these links will be in our show notes, and so we hope you refer to them if you need them and or pass them on to anyone else who does.